0: Morano trying to extend his winning
2: streak to four. All indications are that he has done so. Alex, the great one, Morano. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a
1: fucking podcast. We're <laughs> <That's> dangerous! <laughs> listen to me, we're out of here! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Dean Thomas, you're my co-host. Wake the fuck up! I'm woke up! I'm Are woke you? up! I'm waiting for you! I thought you were scrolling through your phone. I'm starting the show. No! Okay. I'm sorry to start it like that. But oh I my did. God! But I, listen, but I did. Dean, we had such a good time. I shouldn't start by yelling at you. No, I know. Oh, first of all, we're going to have a great show. We got Jimmy's off flying around spreading many things, including his comedy. <laughs> Hopefully he's not. <laughs> Love, peace, and fucking his comedy. And uh, you're my co-host. We have Alex Morono on. And we also have the great steve Yeah, he's great, man. Oh, we're going to have a good time. Fun to see you the other day, bro. And thank you for making that two-hour trip. The two-hour trip, allegedly, Jim Norton and John Attic wouldn't take to come see their friend next know, This is what I'm talking about, man. Listen, because
3: we don't have a lot of friends in life. Remember, we, like we always say, uh, you know what? I have enough friends. I need some enemies. So the friends that I do have, I'm trying to take care of them. I go above and beyond. I will bend over backwards. I will take the shirt off my back to give to my friend. That's why I don't trust Jimmy or John Attic. <laughs> I don't trust them. I don't trust them either. Little fucks.
1: That's what I'm saying. Both of them, not only. Listen, listen. They they can't be trusted. I'll put my sword away. They're nice guys. You know what? Know what? You know what? Quote I like, Dean Thomas. What's that? It's a quote by Muhammad Ali, and I told you this before. Oh yeah. I brought I brought this up when we were together having coffee, even before I had an incident. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Absolutely not. Oh, you forgot what I brought up to you. Oh yeah, the other one. Which is the other one? About the waiter. Yes. Yeah. Dean, they're going to think think we planned this. It's such a great segue. It's very simple to me in life. It's very simple. And I know people say, Oh, you treat people the way you want to be treated. If you're cool to me and you're respectful, you're nice. I am. I feel feel I'm a sweetheart. I feel I'm I'm a nice, nice guy. But if you're a jerk off, I'm going to treat you accordingly. Now, I don't know. uh, By the way, that quote from the great Muhammad Ali is he doesn't trust anybody who's not nice to a waiter. Right. And nice to him, because if he was in that position, they would treat him the same way. And I love that quote. That's one of my favorite quotes. Absolutely. Because it's about character, you know, for sure. And I know, you know, maybe not everybody loves me. And I, I try to be you know, nice to everybody. Hey, we had a great time the other day, didn't we? Yeah, we sure did. But the what happened the other day at Universal? Nothing. You saw me. I'm in a good mood, man. Was it, I was in a good mood the other day. You saw me. We had me. And by the way, could you thank our friend Mo? Yeah, yeah, I, I thank Mo. Shout out to King Mo. Shout out to King Mo for hooking up his friend. Yeah. The Kimura Savage. Yeah, for sure. We're using code words. No, <laughs> listen. Anyway, we don't stand. Dean, so let's talk about the incident until Alex comes on, and then we'll I, talk. I, about listen, I've been dying to hear about this incident because I love a good Matt Sarah fight story. But you know what's funny, Dean? It looks like I kept everybody on hanging, but can I tell you? And this happened, I think, when I was with you too. You've seen it because I'm with my family. I'm doing a lot of videos. You know how you start your your iPhone stops recording because you have to manage your shit. You have yeah. to manage your photos and, and yeah, videos. Yeah. So as I was doing that, that the, the video you saw on Matt Sarah BJJ my Instagram. <laughs> it stopped right in, when the story was getting good and then i said if you want to hear the rest tune into ufc unfiltered right the reason it stopped right at that point <laughs> is because it just stopped recording out it naturally so i'm like fuck but meanwhile it, it turned out okay because we probably have a lot of people listening yeah it was a good tease it was a good tease you know uh i'm at universal with the family right now, can I point out? And you know this about me. I have something called ulcerative colitis. Okay. Now, if people don't know what that is, there's different forms. I have a mild. Why are you smiling at that?
3: Well, I, I'm not smiling. At why this, are you
1: smiling? I'm not smiling. At my condition. I'm not smiling at your condition. I know that
3: you that you have like a, a condition.
1: <laughs> I'm very clean, by the way. I might shit a lot. But I I jump in the shower in the middle of the night if I have. I know. But anyway, the thing is this let me just explain what that is. It's like, it's like, I get, I, I have a mild case, even though I got three colonoscopies and they don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, It's like, if you get, it's like, some people have it bad where they're like, yo, know, they have to go and it's nasty and it's like all the time. I have things, I have like flare ups where my stomach, it's like, I don't have to go. Then I have to go. And then when I am going to the bed, I'm trying to do this without too much TMI. Yeah. But I want people to know my, what, what, where I'm at with this. So like, if I do have to go, you might think you're done going to the bathroom. Obviously, number two, mm-hmm. and uh, you're not done. You get up, you wash your hands, you're like, oh, you might have some more. So you go back down and you sit down. So this is what I'm dealing with, right? And it is what you motherfucker. Can you stop? Can you be a grown? You, you make fun of me for being immature. Can you be a damn adult for two seconds? What? <laughs> what, what? you motherfucker. What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, motherfucker. <laughs> All right, stop. stop. I'm All sorry. Right. I keep, keep going. Right. I keep going. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I'm explaining my situation. So look, okay. at, I'm at Universal Studios. Okay. And my family went to go on a ride. Now look, we're in the Harry Potter section. I'm not going to get grabbed. You you <laughs> was on the Potter. Oh yeah, I was on the fucking Potter. So we're at the Harry Potter section. They wanted to go on a ride, and I go look. I ain't going to lie. The butterbeer has fucking hit me. You understand? You know what the butterbeer is? Yeah, it's like a drink. You go, oh, it's all fun. It's little yeah. so rusty, it's like a little slushy. I love it. Anyway, so I drank maybe one too many butter beers. There, yeah, so my kids and my wife are going on the Harry Potter fucking goblet race, whatever it is. I'm in the I'm in the bathroom now. I get in there, right? So, you know, I'm waiting, and there's a kid waiting, like a younger kid waiting to use a stall because you know how it is in those theme parks. Uh, you have to wait sometimes for a stall you know what yeah, I mean for sure so then for sure. One, so, the, so the one guy gets out the kids about to get in and the cleaning guy cuts right in front of the kid and starts cleaning that stall so I'm like all right whatever uh I didn't think too much of it and I thought maybe it was a mess in there or something I don't know that comes into play later I think about. Yeah. so uh so then the kid goes in one then eventually another one opens up and I go now Dean like I said man it could be 10 minutes 15 I don't know five minutes it, it so I'm in there for maybe a little bit you know so I get a knock on the fucking thing. And I'm like, oh, in here, in here buddy. That's annoying. You know, in here, but nice, in here. Yeah. Not even a minute, seriously. So I'm like, you walk in, there's the urinals to the right, like three stalls and one to the back. And I was in the back. one. Mm-hmm. So there's two, there's feet by the stall, obviously. So I see them not leaving and I'm still in the toilet. Not even a minute later, I go occupied. <laughs> now I'm getting a little late, like, dude. I see them still there. So now Dean, so I'm trying to be cool when I'm trying to finish my business. Dude, I'm talking maybe 30 seconds later. I go like, are you serious? <laughs> I go again, I go buddy. I go, dude, he goes, I have to clean the stall. And when he does that, he puts his hands over on top of the thing. Like he's head resting his hands where I see four fingers of a glove <laughs> over my stall. So I go, I go, I go hey man. I go, you gotta clean the stall. I go, how about when I'm done taking a shit? <laughs> And he goes, oh, sir, hey, sir, this kid's here, you you can't, you can't, you can't swear. I like, I can't swear? And how about you get the fuck away from the store? (laughs) Now, Dean, am I wrong? (laughs) Am I wrong? (laughs) Would anybody else be annoyed at this? Am I normal for getting annoyed these times? That's perfectly normal. (laughs) Let's stop the story right now and get Alex Morono Morono in here. (laughs) And we're going to finish this story, Dean Thomas, because listen, oh I'm not my God. It gets a little worse before okay. it gets better. <laughs> so everybody, keep listening, and I'll bring this stuff up after we talk to Alex. Let's get Alex in here. Uh, Dean Thomas. Oh, oh dude, my God, I'm on, dying. Baby. Come on, man. Now, you know I have a temper, but... Dude, really, would you not be annoying at I mean, man, he might have been slow. You no, know. no. Hey, I'll tell you, I deal with the guy. So I'll talk to you about it. Alex, what's up, man? Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? The great Alex Morono. First of all, thanks for jumping on. Uh, you're fighting um Pazinibbio. And that's and that's this weekend. How short of notice did you take this fight on? Uh
0: Monday, oddly enough, I got tagged in something on Instagram, uh saying or saying Lala was out and, and somebody thought I'd be a good matchup. And I instantly checked my weight and then I instantly hit up coach safe. And, uh, he, you know, he let him know I was interested to fight. And dude, a day later, I got the matchup.
1: You know, I was talking about safe Said the other day. I gave him a text, ask him. And it was like, Hey dude, I, I mentioned you on the show. Cause I brought up a scene from gladiator Dean. you you've seen gladiator. Obviously. Yeah, of course. There's a scene I never noticed before. And it's right before the very, you not know, in the beginning when, when, when you see Matt, you see gladiator Alex. Oh Yeah. Oh fuck yeah, man! Of course you did. You're a fighter. That's like asking a wrestler if you've seen *Vision Quest*. You know what I mean? Yeah, you had to have seen it. It's like asking a jujitsu guy if you've seen that Machado movie from the eighties. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about these those But um, so there's a part in *Gladiator*, Alex, where I never noticed it before. Where he didn't give a fuck if his wife and kid was. He was just ready to join when they died. And they're about to go out to the first battle. Before he bonded with his friend, like me and Thomas bonded with the, with the Black Warrior. You remember that? You know, remember they bonded? <laughs> yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. Before they bonded, he didn't give a fuck. He's about to go out to the first time to battle. Proximo gave a speech. I'm going to sum it up. If we all meet our end, it's how you meet your end. Is it to this or is it to this? You see, and then it goes to Maximus. And this is the first time I noticed this. You see him like, think about that for a second. Then what does he do? He reaches down like he does before the first battle, and he gets the sand in his hand—the fucking dirt. My nipples got hard, guys. I was like, "Fuck yeah, Proximo, Safe Said." It's like a modern-day fucking Proximo. <laughs> Between rounds, nobody gets me as amped up. I see, guys. I, I'm gonna, we're gonna talk, Alex. I'm sorry, bro. I, it's about your instructor. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, yeah, no. It's gonna pump you up. I was watching the fights last week, and you know they go to the corners and they show both corners. So they showed the opponent who was fighting uh, uh, Safe Saeed's guy. And then they're not having, they're not tuning into the audio of Safe. They have the other guy's corner. So I'm like, and I go to my farm law, zero. I go, this is fucking, this is a travesty. They, they should be having say, Safe when he talks. Then they clicked over to the other audio. And Safe's like, you better fucking get in this motherfucker. He was I'm like, <laughs> what talking about. Anyway, Alex, I love your coach. you got this i know i know safe's not gonna let you go to battle if you've been fucking eating cheetos and fucking not doing the right thing do you stay in fight shape all year long or were you getting ready for something
0: no i uh man it's so funny i can't i can't really explain it i feel like my body maybe has like a cycle to it um for fighting but i just thought i'd be fighting soon so after thanksgiving i like really cleaned up the diet which man played a, a huge role in me being able to you know offer to fight, but I always train. I always got guys I'm prepping for, you know, I fought Simmelsberger July 30th and, uh, I did take a month off of sparring just to make sure I had no, no like lasting damage and then got right back to it. And, uh, and was really hoping to fight in November or December. <clears throat> and there was a lot of welterweight matchups and I eyeballed all of them. And even when this fight was booked, when Robbie booked to fight Pontanibio, I was like, man, that's a great fight. Um, I could see either one of those dudes pulling out. I would love to take that spot granted five days. No, this was a little more surprising, but, uh, but no, I'm so happy to fight. And I've been training my butt off. Uh, one thing I've been doing a lot, like out of campus, I lift pretty heavy. And, uh, so I have like a really good strength coach, uh, shout out to coach wit at TTR, but, uh, but it's funny, you know, last Friday, I did, like a bunch of deadlifts and even going to my lifting session Monday, my forearms were still all sore and we had done like an explosive squat day. And, uh, and, but I told him I'd be going to Fortis. So I was like, don't get me too sore. Cause I'll get my ass kicked. So we did like a pretty good workout Monday morning. And then I did a really hard jujitsu session. And then like during my nap is when I saw that Robbie had pulled out. So, I mean, I've, I've been training my ass off. So I'm in great shape, but it was just a little heavier than normal cause the lifting. So, uh, so I was happy to do this at a catch weight at 180. It's going to be a pretty easy weight to make. So man, I'm excited to fight. I like that you're fighting
1: uh, Pantanibbio. After fighting semi to Jedi, that was a that was a battle, dude. I know Rogan said it on the thing. I love you, guard man. I'm you're not pulling it or not, but I love your of you your underhooks, The way you're coming out and threatening with those arm bars, they're not settled, they're not settling in your guard, they're
0: not settling in. I fucking love it. Cool, yeah. Thank you. Uh man, I've uh, I don't want to give up too much info, yeah. but you know, when I'm not in camp, you know, I actually don't mind, you know, especially in the gi. Like if I'm struggling to take guys down, I'll pull guard and just work that game but I got a couple submissions that have just been like on fire lately. And uh, so I don't know if Hans is going to look to wrestle. If he does, I got, I got an answer for him. But uh, if we do some grappling on Saturday, I wouldn't be too disappointed, but I think we, I, you know, we know my game plan, we know his game plan. I'm thinking it's going to be a box.
3: Is it easier for you to take these fights on short notice other than waiting around and having an opponent in mind?
0: Um, Yeah, the preparation is nice, but the training takes a bit of a toll. Um, You know, like the hard in camp, you know, getting shark tanked and, you know, just getting pretty light. You know, if I get under like 185 pounds, I'm not as durable. So on this one, I mean, I I like the short notice fights. I was talking to my Ricky Tercios. He just fought three weeks ago, had a dog fight, won his fight, but he had like 14 weeks notice and he likes a lot of prep time. And I'm like, give me three weeks and I'll be ready to go. But uh, it's funny. This is uh, this is my fourth fight. I've taken on less than two weeks in the UFC and of all of those four fights, this is the shortest one. I think five days was like the official time. So, but I mean, yeah, either way, so long as I, I can make weight and I'm in shape, which I, I can't tell you the last time I was out of shape, maybe after like a surgery or something, but but I'm definitely good to go. And, you know, even, even last week, the week after Thanksgiving, I changed my diet up a bit. So there was a little bit of an energy crash. So like my MMA rounds Tuesday weren't great, but then Thursday I freaking slayed it. So, I mean, I was just so happy to be performing well. And then I had a – I don't know if you know who Bubba Bush is. I know him. He fought in the yeah. UFC a long time ago. But he's got a Jim B, MMA, So a lot of their guys came down last Saturday just to cross-train and have some fun. So we did like nine six-minute rounds of jujitsu, and then we did like five fives of sparring after. So, man, I'm in good shape right now. And uh, more than anything – I'm just ready to fight. And I was even telling all my students maybe two weeks ago, I had a hunch I'd be fighting soon. I was thinking like quarter one of next year. But uh, and everyone's like, what makes you what makes you think you're going to fight? And it's hard to explain, but like music hits different. Like I listen to a lot of metal and uh, just sometimes it it just hits a little different. I'm like, I think I'm going to be fighting soon. And sure enough, man, this one worked out well man, you like fucking
1: heavy metal. It's so funny. Dean likes it so cute from Dram. I go, what the fuck is this? But uh, you know, he starts singing it and shit. But uh, everybody's different. Whatever motivates you, Dean. I don't judge you at all. Uh, now, let me ask you, Alex, because I really, I love the way you fight. And on this show, we do like to get to know the guys a little bit, a bit better for our audience.
0: You grew up in Houston, correct? Correct. age did you start training and what discipline? Yeah, I was 16 um, and a pretty man. It's cool. That's why I like fighting in the UFC. I was just a fan. I was pretty overweight in high school, um, got voted most change, but I lost like 60 pounds and I took a a smoker fight after about nine months of training. and I won with a head kick knockout. It was awesome. And I was just hooked, but I started training at 16. Like I started boxing. It was a gym called LA Boxing, so like I was doing boxing classes, and then they offered kickboxing, so I started doing that. And then maybe two or three weeks after, I saw some guys rolling around in a gi, and I was like, "What are they doing?" And I started doing jujitsu. And I had really long hair, like long curly hair, like like afro style. Shaved my head so I didn't get caught in the grips, and was just hooked ever yes. since. And at uh, my my first like real instructor Chad Robichau he opened up Gracie Barra the Woodlands which is the gym I own and run now for the last like ten years, you and uh, yeah so I just been in it every single day since I started. I had a grappling
3: match with Chad Robichaud probably
0: twenty over twenty years ago. Who won? Wow. You triangle tonight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's on his his MMA is record there, or yeah. something. He. You know what, Dean, that's so funny. I totally forgot we had talked about this maybe 15 years ago or whatever. I, I forget how long ago. But, yeah, he was saying he fought you, Dean Thomas, and, and he, he subbed him out. And I remember seeing on a record that was the case. Yeah. Good work. <laughs>
1: Good work, Dean. He beat me too, Dean Thomas. He even has a tattoo of it. He's a fuck to be on. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, now you said, so
0: you have a jiu Do Dude, you are winning in life. How long did you have your own school and how old are you? Um, I'm 32 now. I've been teaching, like I've been the head coach since maybe I was 25. Oh, um, and we just, we just, we just moved facilities. We have a huge 7,000 square foot facility, like 4,500 square feet of mat space. Um, we're at capacity. we got a waiting list for members. I mean, it, oh, it is good. I got my kickboxing coach and uh, just been with the same crew for a long time. Consistency has worked. And uh, and yeah, man. The only thing I like more than fighting is teaching.
1: Uh, this is why I'm not worried about you, Alex. You're gonna be fucking okay, no matter what happens. I, you, I'm living. your, I look into the future. <laughs> okay, listen. Seriously, at 25 years old, I opened up my first uh, academy. I lived in the fucking basement of it. Now, if you ever look at my Instagram, it's all it's my retirement. It's what I do, man. And I down. I have one school, so I do. I go there. I'm teach my arm lots, my jujitsu. Alex, I was going to when I was change, at 32 years old. How you old? How old you are? How at your age now? I can't talk sometimes, Alex. I apologize. Okay. <laughs> but uh, at 32 years old, uh, I won the title, and now I was going to open up my. I, I expanded my facility. It was going to be several MMA. The last second, I had Christmas cards made up. I threw that shit out. I went back to making a jujitsu school. It's a different clientele. You don't have everybody who wants to be the next champ who doesn't have a fucking dollar. No offense. I'll I'll help those guys out too. But uh you help every walk of life. And from what you said, how you were as a teenager, you've seen what the martial arts does for you. Specifically, I mean oh, yeah. jujitsu personally, I feel the transformations is amazing, and you do not have to be an athlete to enjoy the benefits of that, and you can and it can just change your whole life. But uh It's my retirement. So, dude, you can become a champion if God forbid, if something happens and you don't, dude, I could tell you're gonna be fucking straight, dude.
0: Cool. Yeah, thank you. It's funny. Uh, you know, we have one of our guys, he's a pro, he's a 10 and six pro. He's fighting December 18th on Fight Pass for Fury. But in January, we have like six or seven of our amateurs. And one thing my striking coach and I joke about is uh we have these wrestlers fresh out of high school. And they're the best students we could ever hope for. They're physical, they're strong, they, they, they learn super fast, and they fight their asses off. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to maybe in like six or seven years, like really just becoming like a, a coach. But uh, I, I do run a Gracie Baja gym. It's called Gracie Baja the Woodlands. We have a huge jiu-jitsu program, but we have an, a huge kickboxing program and a really strong MMA team as well. So I'm proud of that.
1: Well, if anybody's in the area jump on that waiting list. If you don't know, throw Alex Morano in, in, uh, in, in the UFC fight pass, look at some of his jujitsu at the highest level with the best guys on the planet. And I think that waiting list is going to get even longer, buddy. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, man, it's mostly for kids. Uh, we, we, we had like, we have a teens class 10 to 15 year old and we had 55 in class the other day. And it was like almost a little too much. And my wife, it helps me like run the, the, the business side, the payroll taxes, signups, leads, everything. And she's like, we, we can't keep taking on kids. And I look at her, I'm like, what if I was told no, when I came in to train? Ah. So it, you have a bit of a filtration system, but for the most part, I really do my best to let, to let, especially teenagers come train if, if they need some guidance. Hey Amen.
1: that's a, hey listen. It could be like the beginning of Karate Kid 3 when the fucking crease is down the yeah. block and he's got the bills. This is a problem you want to have. Absolutely. You know what I mean? This is a good thing, you know? <laughs> Alex, D <laughs> Thomas, Alex, you <laughs> fight in San Diego, uh, Santiago, uh, Ponza Nibio, December 10th. UFC 282 main card. All our best, bro. And congrats on winning in fight, my homie. Hey, right, my man. Cool. Thank you, guys. All right, my man. Come back on again soon, bro. Cool. Yeah, let me know. I'll be here. You got it, man. Take care, bro. All our best.
2: UFC Unfiltered is brought to you by NEDS, the official wagering partner of the UFC in Australia. Aussie fight fans, keep an eye out for this weekend's UFC pay-per-view event as NEDS offers a split decision return. This means if you place a head-to-head bet on any main card fight and your pick loses by split decision, NEDS will pay you out as a winner. Plus, you can pump up your odds with a UFC multi simply by combining your favorite markets across all fights on the card. The action doesn't stop with UFC. Neds has everything you need to take it to the Neds level, regardless of what you bet on. For those sports punters, Neds Same Game Multi is now available on more sports than ever before. And for the racing fanatics, Neds Blended is available on all three racing codes. Blended lets you pick multiple runners to win in the same race at special blended odds. It's never been easier for you to be paid out as a winner. Look, whatever you bet on. Take it to the NEDS level. UFC markets exclude South Australian residents. Split decision return eligible on first $250 state. Minimum blended odds are $1.10 terms and conditions apply are available on the NEDS website. Remember to always gamble responsibly. Please call 1-800-858-858.
1: Nice. That was good. Dean Thomas. Yeah. Dean, that shit just happened. But from a reaction, you think I go not don't it? I could take you out on the weekend. Get a little bite to eat. One thing about me, I am a foodie. I don't know. Listen, Dean Thomas, I think you're cute. I, I think, think you're cute. cute. Wait. Oh, oh, yes, I, I do. do. I think, cute. I think you're cute. I think you're cute. I think you're cute. Oh, yeah, sorry. So listen, Dean Thomas. So now I'm on the now I'm on the I'm on the ball, and we got to the point where the guy's hand gloved hand is over the stall, and he and I told him after the third time of letting him know it's occupied, he's telling me he has to clean the stall. Right. So I tell him, hey. How about after I'm done taking a shit, you can clean the stall. So you go, oh, sir, your language. My language? My language? Hey dude, how about you get the fuck away from the stall? So now he's there and I hear him talking Spanish with the other guy, Dean. They're talking Spanish, right? I know what they're saying. So how about this, now listen to this. They're not moving and I hear, oh, no, you, you could use these three stalls. This guy's in here for 25 minutes. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Oh. And then I hear them laughing. At, okay. I go, hey, buddy, keep that same energy and keep those jokes when I'm out of here. Keep that same <laughs> fucking joke. You know? So, Dean, I'm done, right? I'm done? I kicked that thing open like a fucking cowboy saloon doors. You understand? <laughs> Boom. There's a guy facing me, right? One, one, one guy. And then the other guy, little fat guy who was in the videos behind the door because it was kind of kicked open on him. So he comes around, I go, I go. first thing I say, he's like, who's the wise ass? Now it's a fucking, <laughs> listen, right universe, there's, there's some kids up against the urinals with their dads. And can I say something about those dads? If I was one of those dads and I seen these two fucking guys fucking with somebody in the store, obviously they're fucking with me, dude. Not only the knocking, but then, all. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He's in here for 25 minutes. You have to use another, oh, okay. yeah, that was, that was inappropriate, totally inappropriate. Hey, I'm not saying it didn't deserve a smack. I don't want to get arrested, but when I kick that fucking door open, I'm fully prepared for anything. Cause these motherfuckers crossed the line. Okay. So just picture the situation. So when I kick the fucking door open, okay. Who's the wise ass. So then he comes out from be on the thing and he's looking at me, a little fat guy, a little fat muffin guy. It looks like that show on Saturday, by like Pat, remember that thing, Pat? Yeah. And you know, but it, it was like Pat with a tan. Okay. So I go, Hey, I go, you got something to say, where's the jokes? So you, you can't curse. I'll go. You can't curse this kids. I go, don't make it about my cursing. I go, you're fucking out of line. You curse. I'm going to, I'm going to get security. There's kids, there's kids here. Then why are you beating down the door when I'm taking a shit? <laughs> Sir, you're cursing. I'm yeah. I'm cursing. I'm fucking man, <laughs> you know? I'm getting security, get security, get them. Everybody, everybody apologize. I have kids too. This guy's out of line. That's it. So we walked out. When we walked out, I started, so this is him and another guy. So the other guy, I go, Hey, maybe you're reasonable. He's beating down the door. He goes, hey, he goes, are you done? Are you done? Can I talk? I go, and I put he I it's about, you know, respect. And you will, I go, Hey, I go respect. I go, the guy's beating down the door. Can I talk? I go, no, well, done. no you can't talk. Go fuck yourself. Get security. Fuck you. I did mean, fuck him. Fuck them both. Okay? In front of everybody, I smacked the fuck out of them. Because to prove a point. Yeah. You're fucking wrong. Now, look. So I'm waiting for security. So I started filming. And I didn't mean to leave everybody hanging, Because as I was filming, I told you earlier, the thing was out of storage. So it yeah. cut off. Exactly when I said it was occupied after the second time. So I'm like, fuck, I want the vent, you know. Yeah. And the guy's coming up to you can't film. I go, dude, no, I'm filming. I'm filming, Fatty, you know. So, <laughs> so then I'm waiting for security, Dean. <laughs> and as I'm waiting for security, uh, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go wait by the roller coaster. So I go, I do, you know, I go you know, follow me. Come on over, come on over, dude. I'm coming right, I'm gonna be right over there, waiting for my family. All right. So I go tell security I'm over there, send them, send them my way. So then I go, hey, are you looking for a short, bald man? He goes, hey, <laughs> he goes, what can I hear your side? Now he's looking at me, and Dean, I'm not being that guy, but I think the guy recognized me. I, I think the guy watched the fights. I can just, yeah, I that, you, you know,
3: can, you know, can you always know. tell when they know.
1: Yes. So yes. as I to look, man, I can do it. I'm not starting to mess with anybody who's cleaning toilets, dude. I respect people, but now as he's saying this, this fucking giant guy comes over Matt Serral dude. Oh, what's up man you're a, i go you oh you're he goes i'm a big fan i go a well, big fan i used that one before you know? yeah anyway so he's a big guy he was with his wife or whatever so he you know he's giving me a bro hug he wants a picture so i get him to take a picture with him, put me in a choke i'm gonna post it later his name is lee yeah nice guy hit me up on instagram so he goes oh, he goes, oh, I, go, oh I go hi lee i know he said he's i know i said hey buddy hey big guy he goes oh i'm, I'm this and that and from uh, wherever, I go, where you're from? And the security guy's right there, I go, hey, I'm sorry, dude. I'm trying to explain to this guy that I'm not a jerk, you understand? He goes, do you know who this is? He goes, oh, he goes, hey, he goes, and I go, look, man, you go, thanks for having my back, buddy. I go, Uh, so the security guy's, hey, I go, I go hey, look, dude, this is right and wrong. And I kind of gave him the sum up what's going on. I go, that's downright wrong. I go, I'm not gonna be a little bitch like these guys and try to go to their supervisor and get them in trouble, but they were fucking wrong. He goes, I, he goes, it was a communication thing on their part, but I'm gonna get it dealt with. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, i talk with them. And I go, all right, good man. Like I'm not trying to get nobody in trouble, but they were fucking wrong. And They are lucky it didn't go worse. <laughs> so that's the story of me and that shitty bathroom fucking attendant. No pun intended. I'm a nice fucking guy. We Don't know, fuck man. With me. <laughs> I love that story. That was hey, a great man. story. Fuck. <laughs> that's it. But uh, I delete a lead, a big dude who had my back. What a nice guy. I'm gonna post that later. Yeah, post that. And then he, then he wrote something nice. And he goes, ah, oh, security was giving him trouble. I had to save him from an ass whoop. He was a funny guy. I <laughs> was, it. He, was like the, he was like the size of my brother-in-law, Edmund. <laughs> we got Steve-O coming on now. Yeah. Oh, he's in the waiting room. That, oh, he's in the waiting room. Look at the way we're flowing. Well, put steve on.
2: Get him right in here, Steve-O. Both in and out of the octagon, UFC fighters only trust Thorne to fuel their performance. That's because Thorne ensures athletes won't test positive for over 200 banned substances. As UFC's official sports performance nutrition partner over the last three years, Thorne uses the cleanest ingredients and their labels are fully transparent. Here's what UFC Senior Vice President of Athlete Health and Performance, Jeff Nowitzki, has to say. This is important not only for the elite UFC professional athlete, but also for the
1: general consumer as well, ensuring what they're taking has exactly what it says on the label, is safe and science and research-backed.
2: Now, Jeff says Thorne supports athletes of all ages in every stage of their game, from professional athletes to athletic professionals. UFC only trusts Thorne. You should, too. Find out why at Thorne, that's T-H-O-R-N-E, dot com. Thorn, Thorne T H O R N E dot com. Use the promo code UFC ten. That's UFC one zero. Purchase today and see why you only want thorn in your corner.
1: Stevo. Yeah,
4: dudes. I'm so happy to have you all, dude. My favorite guys right here, Matt, Sarah, Dean Thomas. Man, what's up, man? Let's go. Yeah. Where's Jim Norton?
1: Ah, dude, outspreading diseases and, and comedy. Hopefully just uh, not. Okay. I'm fucking
4: around. I'm fucking around. <laughs> yeah, on. I love all you guys.
1: You are, dude, you are such a success story. If I would have did a where are they now, if I would have thought 20 <laughs> years ago, when you first started Jackal, Jack, Jack. I'm, I'm a pervert. I'm sorry. Uh when you first saw The Jackass, I would have thought, okay, let's think if I had a crystal ball. I think the, uh, okay, uh, uh, this guy'd probably be in movies. Steve would probably be dead. And then you, you proved everybody wrong. You're fucking thriving, yeah. bro. Congratulations.
4: I really am, man. And thank you so much. It's so crazy that, uh, that I'm alive, A, that B, that I'm getting away with this silly career that I started still. And on it on an upward trajectory, it's crazy.
3: I was about to say you are thriving. Like you're, you're probably more popular now than ever. Uh,
4: I think so, man. I think that's possible. Um, and I, I owe it all to YouTube, man. I, I, I tell you, I, I uh, it's almost ten years ago that uh, that I dove into that, man. So like the the older people they know me from Jackass, and the kids they know me from YouTube.
1: They no know Dean from Dana White looking for a fight. I'm only kidding, Dean. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it is true. That is, 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 is true. true.
4: <laughs> nah, come on, let's let's give Dean the, the credit he deserves. It's such a treat when when Dean gets the hot mic uh, at the fights.
1: Hey, true. And fucking, who did it before you? Trevor Whitman. Correct. I heard no, I heard it's a rumor that Trevor Whitman has a voodoo doll of Dean. He's like, yeah, my God. And he's true. I'm only kidding. listen, no, Trevor's probably busy coaching fucking Justin Gagey. Yeah. Take three and give one. I'm only fucking around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking around. But I used to like Trevor Whitman on the mic. But then when Dean went on it, you know what it is with Dean? <laughs> Dean Dean's fucking funny. And so like he'll say something like, What do you think won that round? He's like, ah, we all lost. So it's fucking <laughs> so he ends. Some of the comedy that a lot of other ex fighters can't do.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, I really feel strongly that what makes the UFC so special is the commentary. Whether it's Bisping, Felder, Anik, Rogan, like eh, DC, everybody, they find such a perfect balance between being serious about what's happening, being lighthearted and, and jabbing, you know, poking fun at one another. Like, there's just, they don't take themselves seriously, but they do take the fight seriously. And it's all just loose, but it's just so professional, man. I, I, I can't say enough about how much I love it.
3: Now, how long have you been uh, a UFC guy? I mean, are you are. I see you at the fights. I mean, you're everywhere. Yeah,
4: uh, you know, not that long, man. Um, I, I came in on the Ronda Rousey hype train. And, um, you know, I remember trying to watch fights back in, like, 1996. I worked in a video uh, cassette tape store, like a rental place. And my job was to to reshelve the videos when people returned them from uh, yeah. having rented them. And uh, there was a, a little UFC section in the store in 1996. And I remember thinking, oh, I'll check this out when I went home with uh, – with one of the UFC VHS tapes. And, and I just couldn't get through the grappling. I, I seem to recall back then they didn't have uh, rounds. It was just like a, a 25 minute long fight. And like one grappling exchange would just take over the whole fight. And, and I couldn't sit through it. Like I really just didn't have the, the attention span. Like I, I didn't get it. And so it was a long time before uh, you know, but like I said, when Ronda Rousey blew up, then I started paying attention and, and I don't know, man, I just fell in love with it, dude. I'm just fully addicted.
1: Oh, dude, listen, it's better to be that than addicted to the fucking shit you were earlier. You and <laughs> you <laughs> Dean are both like straight edge guys. You don't do anything now. Is that correct? Both of you guys. Right. Yeah. It's been, it's,
4: it's been uh
1: 14 years for me. Has
3: it been that long? Yeah. Holy so, I mean, but but that's a testament to your success, though. I mean, if you think about it. like,
4: Oh, dude, that's the secret to my success. That is the prerequisite for my success. I have, all bets are off, dude. Somebody asked me yesterday, do I ever think I'll be able to smoke pot again? And my answer is always the same, dude. My My weed bone is connected to my booze bone, and that's connected to my coke bone, which is connected to my pill bone. Next thing you know, man. I'm
1: Charlie Sheen in 10 minutes. Oh, damn. 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 <laughs> yeah. Listen, man, I always had a simple rule. I never did anything harder than reefer. Uh, weed, I kind of love it. But I never, my pizzeria bosses back in the day, they gave me a talk. I was 17, they were 36. They, get, they And they got over having a drug problem. And they go, Matt, all you have to do is try it once and you're fucked. And then my my aunt and my, they were saying my aunt my mom they were in hotels kicking open fucking motels kicking open doors and and to try to find me and they would were, they were, he they scared the fuck out of me and even though I was a wild kid. I never ever, even to this day, I never, and I'm not judging anybody. I never tried any kind of powder, any cocaine, any, anything. I like the That's trip. Of- no, it is good. Don't get me wrong. I'm high all day long, but, <laughs> 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 but I got oh. But anyway, listen, I want to talk. Listen, we can talk fights. Hey, all day you know
4: long. what? I do. We definitely want to talk fights all day long, but can- I just felt compelled to-, to give some love to Aljo. I mean, oh, dude. Fuck.
3: You can like, do oh, that all long, that long.
4: Give it. yeah. Because look, look, I mean, I, I think I can speak for just about the, the whole MMA community that that illegal knee was a tragedy. But what immediately followed that, it, 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 like, it, it rubbed people the wrong way. How he started off saying I don't want the belt, and then all of a sudden it turns out he does want it. And he's, you know, it's just like there were mixed signals. He rubbed people the wrong way, but I'm just, I just want to heap uh, appreciation, uh, respect on the way that he has backed up everything that he said, man, Like he, he genuinely won, that he's, he's, he's won everything, man, and the way that he's handling himself now. I do worry about how drunk he was when he approached Henry Cejudo, at that you know, man, I don't, I, I'm not used to seeing champions quite that drunk. So
1: was he drinking thing?
4: Was he drunk? Oh my God, he was hammered.
1: He was oh, hammered. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I saw something with that, but I didn't see the whole video. But that probably, he was hammered. I mean, but I just
4: want to say, I just want to say, he he is just killing it. I'm so impressed by his fighting. I'm so I, I genuinely believe him when he says, bring on Henry Cejudo. He'll never turn down a fight. He'll fight anybody. I'm just really enjoying Aljo right now.
1: Listen, Al- Aljo was a kid, you know, growing up 19 brothers and sisters, I think 20 now. I think the fall is still going. I right? think it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, what's going on with that guy? But, uh, you know, he he's a he's a good he made a lot of right choices. So, when, and it's like, to be a kid like that, and then you get the title let, in that fashion and people, oh, let's take a picture. It's like, you know, I mean, nobody's in that position. He doesn't want to let people down. And there's people there that flew all over right. to celebrate. So listen, he didn't do the illegal knee, but yet everybody treated like him, like he did something bad. So for him to go back and get redemption and to say, no, 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 if I did this, that, and the other thing, it'd go differently. And then to back it up exactly, phenomenal. And then, and I'd like to talk about this next, and then the fight T.J. Dillashaw, and do what he did to him. Only to have a built-in excuse by that fucking cheater to be like, was oh, <laughs> heard." I know you're about to eat the guy's heart. It's easy money. It's easy work. It was easy right. work. Missed the fucking needle in the ass. But fucking browjo. <laughs> trying to cut you off, but just on the topic of T.J.
4: I mean, like what, what do you do with that when uh, you know, like what what about all the people who who bet their hard earned money? Like what about the UFC that has their their brand, their the the quality of their product that, that they maintain, you know, that it's, it's such a stellar organization. And that's very disrespectful to the UFC to go into a fight knowing that you're injured. You know, it's like it's that that one. That one bag was so important that you just, you, you put the you know the, the stellar reputation of the UFC. You just tarnished it by by doing that. Until you the time, ain't wrong. You, know,
3: you ain't wrong. And, and now,
1: good.
4: Now yeah, he retired. Now he retired. Good.
1: <laughs> he retired yesterday. Now there's been some speculation about this of what is he really retiring or is he doing it? <laughs> to get out of the Usada pool to pull a McGregor. Not we don't know if McGregor's doing juice anyway. We don't know. He just looks like he is. But uh, sometimes people do that. Dean Thomas is fucking Switzerland. Man, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Like, you want to in the future? So, your mind, uh, Thomas. No, I. I said I, I've been saying it all week. We know we've been new,
3: and you said, but you see, like you got to be careful because McGregor went at Joe Rogan for saying shit. You uh, ain't yeah, but dude. hold
1: on. But why do you got to be careful?
3: Well, I'm You're just
4: saying.
1: True. You, 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 you. Yeah, that's, that's true. Fuck, what is, yeah, that's
4: what is he true. gonna fucking do? Yeah, yeah that is true. Right. Let, let me tell you guys something that I think is pretty funny. Yes. Um, I was over at Mike Tyson's podcast, and I think this episode never even came out for some reason. But Mike Tyson had Henry Cejudo uh, co-hosting, so it was me, Triple C, and Iron Mike. Henry had just retired um, like, a, like a, on the back of the, the Dominic Cruz fight. And, and I said to him, I said to him, right to his face, too. I said to Henry, you know, that, that retirement thing, you almost got it right. But, man, you, you, you really blew it. And I'll tell, you, I'll tell you how. I said, before that fight, going into it, you said it was a tune-up fight. But then as soon as the fight was over, you retired. So the obvious question is, what were you tuning up for?
3: That is true. <laughs> and,
4: yeah, he was like, oh, oh, oh. go, <laughs> go, So I was like, it was obviously a negotiation tactic oh. to try to, you know, and, and he handled it well. I got all kinds of respect for uh for him. And particularly after that exchange. I um I, I really uh I, I love meeting the fighters and, and, and just uh talking shit. I I I I met, met Gaethje one time, and uh, I, I, it meant so much to me to tell him how much I enjoyed him knocking out James Vick after oh, James Oh, yeah. Vick. I mean, you never want to see somebody get knocked out. You never want to wish bad on people. But I'll tell you, man, the way that James Vick talked about Gaethje in the lead-up to their fight it rubbed me the wrong way. And the way that Gaethje just knocked him out and then handled it in the octagon after the fight, his post-fight interview, it wasn't like, I still have beef. It wasn't like, it was just respectful. It was authentic. He said, you know, I took what he said personally and I feel good about the outcome. Something like that was (laughs) great. (laughs)
1: That's that's, why, man, you know, some guys, they want the attention. I remember uh, Alexander um, Hernandez about to fight Cowboy, and yeah. at the, at the uh, you know he had some prepared lines. You know when the shit's prepared, and it's never, yeah. and it's like it might come out smooth, but it's not like Chel Sonnen smooth. Chelsea had his shit prepared, but it was as if it was like a pro wrestling having his lines. He was really good. He was really good. So you have these other guys being just disrespectful and not you don't like them. I know you either want to like somebody or hate them but it's more like cr- cringy.
3: You, you know what I mean? mean right. You know, it's fake. It's not It's not authentic. And, and Steve-O talks about it. It's not genuine. So And you can see that when it's not genuine. You know what right.
4: it's not. Genuine. You know? Right. And yeah, you make a really good point. It was very similar to the James Vic the way that Alex Hernandez was talking about Cowboy. Yes. And, and when Cowboy got that armbar, just the look on his face, you know, you could tell he was just exacting his revenge. When Cowboy had his kid, man, boy, did that make him a a great
1: fighter. And Cowboy leading at the press conference, Alex is shooting off those lines. And, he, and Cowboy's like, yo, man, they fucked up and put our rooms next to each other. You should watch your fucking mouth because I'll <laughs> be fucking knocking on your fucking like that, At the end of the day, I know it's entertainment, but I don't know, man. Like Cowboy, he's an old school guy. And us old school guys, it's, you know, we were in it for when there was no money. So don't, don't poke the fucking bear. Ah, listen. <laughs> hey, Stevo, I want to talk. I want to fucking promote your new book. And what is exactly your bucket list tour? Ah, uh, man, I, I want to apologize for how
4: many times I've interrupted you, Matt. Sarah, no, 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 hey, you're fucking shut oh, up. Uh, I don't <laughs> shut the fuck up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> you, trust trust me, man, I,
3: I want to hear you, steve I'm tired to hear Matt. So talk. <laughs>
4: All right. Well, dude, th- thank you both. I, I just respect the hell out of you guys both so much. Uh, it's an honor to be here. You might, for the people who are watching, not just listening, you might see this beautiful theater behind me. I'm performing here tonight with my bucket list tour. And what the bucket list tour is, is a, a multimedia comedy show. I went ahead and, and did these things that I had the, I I had these ideas for the longest time. I never thought I was going to do them. And I said, you know what? I'm not getting any younger, man. My time for doing this stupid shit is, is running low. So let me get my last licks in. Let me raise the bar for crazy. And the shit I filmed for this show would never be allowed on jackass, dude. I got medical professionals in disguise putting stolen General anesthesia drugs in my fucking veins while I'm hauling ass on a bicycle and shit. Like, wait,
1: I to, <laughs> wait yeah, now, like at the show, do they show this? No, like, no, no,
4: no. I, yeah, yeah, they show it. There's a like a big, oh. big screen in the theater, so it's like I tell these stories about you know the the most fucked up shit that I ever did and uh and then after each bit I, I screen the footage so it's like too hot for jackass meets crazy live comedy in a big theater and i, I cruise around on a on a tour bus with my buddies and and um, just make rad rad videos
1: all the time has anyone this is this is pretty original i'd say no i mean has anybody done I, anything similar to this i don't i don't think
4: uh yeah i don't think that Anybody's done anything quite like this,
1: Steve? You know, let me ask you. Because a lot of people, you got into comedy, stand-up comedy, which I, I respect a lot. You know what I mean? I respect it so much. Where I'm a silly guy, I wouldn't even fuck with it. You know what I mean? Because I'm. silly. they Yeah, I, I
4: think I think you, I think you could uh, give it a shot and have a good time with it, man. I think you're a, a naturally funny. He really guy.
1: would only if they're about to he shut really my would. lights off. Maybe I'll fucking do something. But listen, I got kids, you know. <laughs> but uh, my point is, a lot of times when somebody. Does, does that like after their first career, or they do that like- A crossover. Or you know, they didn't start as a stand-up comic. Sometimes they shunned by the standup. Not that the stand-up comics, I'm not saying they could be a little snooty, but they could be- he's Oh, they can boy. be. Calm down, silly man. <laughs> Stuck up, silly man. No, but seriously, these stand-up comics, I respect them, but they kind of shit on guys who are maybe trying to get into the business late. I don't know. Right. Like, I how I long it to- so how did you get I- respect from getting coming in?
4: Uh, well, I, it's been 12 years of just consistent grinding, man. You know, like I, I was on the comedy club circuit for 11 years uh, and then I just graduated to big theaters like the one I'm in now. Um, you know, I just didn't I, I, I just didn't pay attention, man. I was like just focused on, on uh, what I wanted to do. I got my own approach to it. If anybody wanted to talk shit about me doing comedy, I would just kind of think, well, hey, you know. A lot of stand-up comedy people kind of make up stories and they exaggerate everything like i come out and and all of my comedy is like it's funny it's jokes but like it's also completely true and that's why the videos are so fun for me because i tell you the most implausible just hard to believe shit, and then as soon as i get done telling you i play the video and it turns out that exactly what the fuck I said was true, you know, and so that's kind of a different approach. And I was talking to Rogan about this just a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, in Austin with him. And um, I was talking about the certain comics that will shit on, on uh, people coming into the game. And and I described that, I really think what that is, is people operating with a, a mentality of scarcity, where it really, they, they believe if Steve O comes over into stand-up comedy and has success, then there's going to be less food on the table for them. So they're threatened by that. They don't like it. And then there's Joe Rogan, who operates with a mentality of abundance. He just believes there's enough to go around. He's not threatened by shit. He says, fuck, man, I want my mail, I want my mailman to do stand-up. I think he's fucking funny. I want there to be more funny shit in the world. People enjoy you, man. Have fun. Get at, get at it.
1: You know what I noticed about Rogan? And I know Joe, again, 20 plus years like Dean Thomas does. The more, and same thing goes for Dana. Like the more power somebody has, they become more of who they are. Joe's always been a good guy. And I feel, I see other people with a lot less power, who have some power or some authority, become fucking pricks. So it's like, it's funny. Like the more attention you have, the more exposure you become more of. I heard it's the same thing when you're dying. Not to get negative, but like you know what I mean? somebody's dying on their way out they become <laughs> even more nice and they become you uh, know but uh i don't know what do you think
4: about that dude i think kabib said this so well they was in an interview and um you know connor mcgregor came up and 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 somebody suggested that uh you know what do you expect? Connor McGregor's you know got hundreds of millions of dollars right now, and that just makes you a certain way. And Khabib said, "No, when you have money, that just uh, makes you more who you are." <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's,
1: it's a nice, it's a more intelligent of what I'm saying, but I'm saying the same shit. Yeah, right?
4: I mean, I don't know, like I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I think you, I think you said it great. Um, I think it does just bring out more of, of who you are. And um, it, it's crazy, dude. It, it's crazy.
3: No, Steve, I gotta, I, I do have a question. So you, you grew up in Florida, right?
4: I, I did live in Florida, but I grew up in five different countries.
3: Oh, no kidding.
4: I was born in England, spoke my first words in Brazil, went to nursery school in Venezuela, kindergarten in Connecticut. Then I moved to, to Miami for first grade, to fourth grade. Then I moved to England. Then I moved to Canada. And then I moved back to England and I was still in eighth grade.
3: Oh my God.
4: Jesus! Yeah. Then I went to the University of Miami outside. Of, I like came out of high school and I went to the University of Miami.
3: So my question is, all right, so you are, right, you grew up where, I mean, you obviously grew up everywhere, but when did you make the realization that you were, that you could do these crazy stunts and get away with it? Like, cause I mean, you just don't wake up one day and just like have somebody inject, you know, anesthesia in your <laughs> arm and you just ride a bike down a hill like that. I mean, when did you realize that you can do that?
4: Uh, I mean, it was kind of gradual. I um, started out uh, with skateboarding was what, uh, you know, I, I was, shit, I was 11 years old when I started skateboarding. And um, that, that led me to the video camera trying to videotape my skateboard tricks and I wasn't that great but I, I really fell in love with the video camera because I could edit out the failures and just kind of make it you know just show the good parts and um, and I decided at that point you know like oh man I really love making videos and and, and I decided that I, I wanted to um, become a creative advertising guy like thinking about it, I'm gonna go to college and I'm gonna have a career like I'm gonna be like do what my parents want me to do I thought creative advertising guy. I'm going to make commercials because I love the video camera. And that was why I went to the university of Miami, but man, I fucked up. I couldn't get to class. I was drunk all the time. I failed out. I got kicked out of the dorms and, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick with my video camera, but I'm not that great at skateboarding. I was like, I'm going to be a crazy famous stunt man. And that was 1993. I'm I'm, you know, leaving the University of Miami and people are like, "Man, you really blew it now. What are you what's your plan now?" And I told everybody I was going to become a crazy famous stuntman by video, by videotaping stunts with a home video camera. And there was no precedent for that in 1993, man. There was people just heard me say that and they felt fucking sorry for me, dude. Like what I could imagine. Yeah. What a loser. This guy is. (laughs) And and I was, I was legitimately fucking homeless for three years from 1993 to 1996. And um, then in 96, I found out about Ringling brothers and Barnum and Bailey clown college. And I went to fucking clown college and, and became a circus clown.
1: Did you really? And,
4: uh, yeah, dude, I, that, my first day shooting the Jackass series, they came and filmed me in the circus. It was my last circus performance. And Knoxville was there and shit. I washed off my clown makeup. Like that last show with the Jackass uh, crew there, um, you know, I'm climbing up a fucking stepladder in the circus ring with my clown makeup on, fucking dousing myself with with uh, fucking, with a, with, uh, flammable uh, rubbing alcohol and light myself on fire and do a simultaneous fire breathing backflip off the top of a stepladder if I can put out the flames and I'm like just this creepy clown and then after the show I washed off my clown makeup and within a half an hour I was uh swallowing a goldfish and (laughs) barfing it into the bowl no wait no
1: damn What is clown college like when you graduate, did they give you a big pair of shoes and a nose?
4: <laughs> what happened? It, absolutely, I, <laughs> I, I, I absolutely went home with a big pair of shoes, and not only that, they, they, they custom made, uh, what's called an agent suit. Like if you're gonna be in the circus, like to your personality, I was like this punk rock clown with like you know combat boot, um. These big red clown shoes that were combat boots, because I was like punk rock clown. Um, but yeah, the clown college it lasted for uh eight weeks. It was more it was more like boot camp than uh than college. It's like boot camp for circus clowns.
1: Now, did you want to make that your career? Were you like, I'm be
4: a I didn't. I was still on that trip that I wanted to be a a stunt guy, like a crazy famous stunt guy. Like, and um I felt that people might take me more seriously if I was a, a trained circus professional. So I was there to further my goal of becoming this like legit stunt guy. And uh, I was the only asshole in clown college seeking legitimacy.
3: But I mean, when you're homeless, you got to do what you got to do. Like you homeless, you're homeless. you like, yo, I need a <laughs> right. job. I'll be a
4: clown. Fuck it. Right, I mean, up until Clown College, my ship was selling uh, bags of weed that didn't weigh what they were supposed to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
2: this episode of UFC Unfiltered is sponsored by VeChain, official blockchain partner of UFC. Digital technologies are the future and VChain is building its foundations with advanced blockchain technology. VChain helps people, companies, societies unite their efforts and contribute to tackling sustainability challenges together. Sustainability is complex. VChain is building digital ecosystems that enable the creation of measurable goals, trackable data, and real progress without the greenwashing. Reducing human impact on earth is critical. Efficient, circular economies that make best use of resources are the only path forward. By connecting blockchain technology with real-world action, VeChain makes it possible to capture the value generated by data, allowing people and businesses to be rewarded for positive environmental actions, creating a powerful incentive mechanism for change. To learn more about VeChain, visit www.vchain. Dot org. That's V-E-C-H-A-I-N, org. Follow him on Twitter at vchain Official.
1: So, so are, are we making some picks for uh, 282 over here? I was about to bring that up. Let's talk about a featured fight with Alex Morono uh, and uh, Santiago Panzanibio, And then, then we have the co-main event, which is Patty Pimplett versus uh, Jared Gordon. And then we got the main event, which is Jan Blahovitz versus Magomed.
4: Magomed! Is Angolion from Dagestan?
1: Yeah. He's,
3: yeah, he's a Dagestani wrestler.
4: It's really tough to root against the Dagestani. It dude. is, man, especially <laughs> right now. They're,
1: they're pretty hot right now. We got to ease into this. Let's go to Alex Morono versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. Now, keep in mind, Alex took this on five days notice, but we just got done talking to Alex. He said he's in shape and he's ready. And it's at a catch rate of 180. What do you guys think of that? Now, you got to remember, you know, it's close. He had a split decision loss. I thought it was just, uh he's coming off two losses. He lost three out of his last four, uh Ponzinibbio. And Alex... He won his last four. So he's got some momentum behind okay. him. What do you guys think about
4: this? I, I, I'm initially curious. If I say, if I recall correctly, Alex Morono fights out of Dallas, right? So is that Fortis MMA? Yeah. I, I like Morono. I, I I like Morono. And, and, and who's he fighting? He, so Morono's stepping in for Robbie Lawler. Yeah. Do we have odds on this one?
3: Okay, so we just got the odds. Alex Morono was a plus one. Uh, 155, Ponzanibio is minus 180. I like, I kind of like Morono in this fight, to be honest with you, only because, you know, Ponzanibio was preparing for Robbie, a Southpaw, who was a little slower and older. And Morono's coming in as a dog here. So, like, I kind of like Morono's chances coming in here as an underdog and just kind of taking it to Ponzanibio.
4: I mean, dude, how many dogs did we see win last weekend? <laughs>
3: <laughs> the dogs. Hey, listen! Dogs. Now they come on.
1: Yeah, man. That that just when you speak, it just makes me go. Hurt, hurt, hurt. <laughs> listen, I'm going. I'm going with Alex Morano. Morano by decision. I think the mixture of the grappling is going to make a difference. Even if he ends up on bottom, I feel he could maneuver enough to either get a submission or a reversal. he did some beautiful half guard reversals. Sure. And his fight with sure. Semi the Jedi, and uh, he's a well-rounded guy with his head straight. Great coach for 32 years. Well, he's not super young, but he's 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 got he's got he's got a better list of opponent. I mean, the guys he's beat. I mean, I was just looking at his record earlier, and you know, dude, he's got wins over um, Max Griffin, uh, Zach Otto, Cowboy. I'm looking at uh, yeah. Donald Cerrone, Mickey Gall, Semi the, the Jedi. The shit out of Cowboy. Yeah, I did. He did. He fucking did. And uh, I was, I was, I was, he's a well rounded guy. And I think his well roundedness is going to get him the decision win. Yeah,
3: I, I think so too.
1: But, you know, what the fuck do I know? I'm just a Hall of Famer and shit. <laughs> but listen, <laughs> ow! I'm going to fucking around. <laughs> listen, we, we have, Steve, you know, we have fun on UFC. Um, like, I love it. Now, Patty the Baddie's got. He's got that thing. He's got that fucking star power, man. There's some fighters that just have it. They have it.
4: Yeah, I mean, you got you got to put that in capital letters for for Patty Pimblett. I'll tell you, man. I, I was at the, uh, the San Diego uh, fight night when Cheeto Vera fought Dominic Cruz pretty recently. Yeah, and 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 dude, Patty Pimblett walks into the arena like. During a fight, during the fight, and, and he is not on the jumbotron. There's no indication that Patty Pimblet has entered the arena. But by the virtue of the fact that Patty Pimblet entered the arena, the whole fucking arena starts going,
1: Oh Patty the Bad,
4: completely different. Oh my god. Com- it, like I, it, I remember my heart broke for the guys that were actually in the octagon. <laughs> the, the, the,
3: the whole, the whole
4: fucking arena cared more about the fact that Patty the Baddie's standing in the corner of the fucking arena, like just in the little entrance, than what's going on in the octagon. That's the star power this kid has, and at that time he'd fought fucking three times, he had three fights.
3: Yeah,
1: he's a star. You know who doesn't have that star power? Jared Gordon, yeah. but I like Jared <laughs> Gordon. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. And I don't mean that in a dicky way. If you, and if you, even if you talk to him, he's very monitor. He's very just, he's nice, but he's not exactly fucking, blah, you know what I mean? He's very just like, even keel. And yeah. that's just his personality. When we, when he we got, we found him on looking for a fight. Uh, he was over at Cage Theory beating somebody up. We and I remember I was Uh I remember we got him on, and he was just and it was almost like during the show, it's like he was almost underwhelmed. He's like, "All right, you know, thanks, I'm in the UFC." But it's just (laughs) personality, you know what I mean? He's not doing the dance like fucking Marab did with the fucking, you know. know So there are contrasts in personalities. I'd say Patty is that guy who's like over the top, and he's just be very genuine, but he. He he's got that star power. Jared doesn't and Jared, but what Jared does have is experience, man. And what I'm looking at, and I remember the guys that Jared was fighting lately. And some of Jared's opponents? Yeah. Like he fought like Leo Santos. Yes, Leonardo Santos. Excellent jujitsu. Leonardo Santos. <laughs> excellent jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> oh Damn. Damn. did you beat him what did you beat him oh Leonardo Santos and Abu Dhabi that are strangled yes yeah, 20 beat him. years ago don't, I remember, remember that, that. Remember. I, my father a, I had to check back man it was a long time ago but it was a long time ago. yeah no don't bring that up you're off the ball <laughs> I don't, anyway but listen excellent jujitsu. he shut him down he shut his jujitsu down and, and he beat him unanimous decision uh Joe Selecki Excellent jujitsu. He's got good. So I think the ju- but he knows how to shut the Joe selected put it on in that first round. Yeah. He survived it. So Patty to Patty, he might. I believe he has his striking, me he has hurt, he's dangerous. He, has, he, but he does accept to go to his back too much going for that triangle. I I'm gonna say something unpopular here. I think I feel that Jared Gordon, with his experience, is gonna get a decision win in this fight. Now, listen. I really, Paddy, Patty batty has been on the show before. I like this kid a lot and I wish none the best for him. I'm,
4: I'm you I know, can't it's hard. not like him.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I can't let like, go with your heart. I, I, it's not, I, but I know Jared as well. So I'm, I'm just trying to be, say, I don't know either guy and I'm just looking at this without my heartstrings in there. Either guy, I like them both. I think Jared, with the experience, is going to get this decision win. Talk to me, fellas.
3: No, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm on that page sometimes, but I think that it's going to come down to, can he deal with that whole Patty, the Batty thing going on like that, that energy that Patty brings. And it's going to be worse for him because it's not, because people don't dislike Jared. They're indifferent to him. So they're not going to give him any, they're not going to hate him and they're not going to love him. So like, that's kind of like you're going out there, you're fighting the star and then they're going, you go out there and you're not hated or loved. So I think, I think that, there's going to be moments in this fight where Jared should be able, able to shut him down. But if Patty gets going and starts overwhelming him and that crowd gets behind him, I think that's going to freak Jared out. So Jared cannot allow that to happen. Steve O.
4: I mean, the lights are going to be brighter. You know, there, there, there's something to that. I mean, we, we, we've seen Cowboy do really, really well, but then in that Really
3: bright light moment. It's too much pressure for him, and that's and that's that's the hard part for Jared. Jared's got the experience in fighting, but not with the
1: lights. Can he deal with those lights that Patty brings? You guys are bringing up the lights. Right. You're bringing up the lights. I know what Jared. You know what Jared's gonna say. All of the lights, <laughs> Dude, turn up the lights in here, Patty. All the way. I wanna see this. I don't know the words. But listen, the thing is this, he's been through fucking hell, Jared Gordon. He's very open about his past, dealing with addiction. He was a fucking addict and he admits it. And he's a a spokesperson on people getting better. He's fighting for something bigger than him, bigger than him, to be addiction, not to be the next fucking superstar, to be an addiction. He went through hell. Everybody thought he was done. Hey, look at him now fighting on the world stage. That is true. All right. Are you going to hold him back now?
3: I still, I still believe what I believe, I, but I, I see All what right. you're saying. Listen, I, I said it earlier. This is the mental health world championship right here because both of these guys <laughs> are advocates for the, the mental health. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, as far as Jadder Gordon, I would just like for him to just have in his mind, and I want him. To, I would just like him just to recite. <clears throat> Turn up the lights in here, baby. Extra bright. Extra bright. I want you all to see this. Turn up the lights in here, baby. Extra bright. I want you all to see this. That's what I want. You should come out to that motherfucker.
4: I'm smelling a little bit of
1: bias over here, Matt. The guy's from the East Coast. I'm just from the East Coast. I'm going with Jared Gordon? Maybe. Don't you know what I... I know what it's like to be an underdog, Dean Thomas. I do know. But I'm just saying. But and but he
3: but he don't have the same mentality as you.
1: Oh, you're shitting on him. Let's (laughs) let's get to the main event. Let's get to the main event. That was too quick.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I'm saying Dean's indifferent. He's he's not love or hate.
1: (laughs) But I love Patty the baddie. <laughs> I'm body to body. I sing the song and everything. But I, you know, listen, man. Oh, Jan Blahovitz. Jan Blahovitz versus Milo. Talk to me.
4: All right. I mean, you did. Jan Blahovitz is a great guy. I mean, I, I think that that is just, I think you can just tell when you see Jan Blahovitz talk. He's likable, he's a good guy. I think that when you're in a situation like this where the belt's been vacated, especially like, you know, the way it's been vacated where you kind of don't even know, like, oh, and then it feels a little bit like an interim championship. Um, but it's not. It's, 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 it's the legit championship. Um, I, I think I'm going to say this. I like Jan Blachowicz a lot and I don't have it in me to make a pick
3: against Dagestan. Well, I, neither can I in, in this fight. You
1: know how many, losses, how many losses Magomed has in the UFC? One. He got
3: triangled by um, Paul Craig.
4: Paul Craig is that crazy Scottish guy?
3: Yes. The crazy Scottish yeah, like, who, who pulls guard and submits almost everybody. Yeah, so and, and he, he's
4: fun. Paul, Paul Craig is fun.
3: Yeah,
2: I like Paul um, Craig.
4: Okay, so so Ankelaev has one defeat. Uh, Jan Blahovich. I don't think Jan Blahovich is going to triangle anybody.
1: No. So, <laughs> <laughs> I like Jan Blahovich a lot. He's a, I, the Polish power, legendary Polish power. Uh, I'm going with Magomed first round submission. No disrespect there. First round submission? Dude, all I know I mean, is, you know... Yes. I mean, Glover submitted uh, Yonblou over to the second round and yeah. Glover's fucking a stud. I, and, Mah- and and Magomed, you know, he knows how to get that fight down. I think he's going to get him down and he's going to get him down and he's oh, you know what? You're right, Dean Thomas. What am I saying? I'll say the second round. Second round sub. That's I, fair. I, I, think think he's gonna, I think he's going to knock him out, but, but you never know. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I, I, why trade with the Polish power,
2: <laughs> you know, what do Uh What
4: you yeah, I mean, I think that I think we picked it. I think uh, it live I mean, whether it's submission or not, I, I think
1: I'll go. I'll go with the submission. Listen, I think it's going to be a fucking fantastic fight. I think it's going to be a great card all around. The card is fantastic, and it's uh this Saturday, UFC two eighty two. I can't wait. It's on pay per view. Correct, pay-per-view? Yeah, it's on pay-per-view. I'm here really? right now.
3: I'm here right now in the in the Apex Spanish um broadcast uh, studio. Oh, look at Dean Thomas, yeah. man. They set me up.
4: Dude, can I, can I, can I give some love to Dana? Yeah, I, I rolled over to, to the UFC headquarters. I, I tell Dana, uh, I just bought this Tesla and I'm making a video where I'm sleeping in my Tesla for a week just for fun, you know? But but that's kind of boring on its own. I, I was like, you know, I found a fucking crane operator who who says he's willing to hoist my fucking Tesla up over 100 fucking feet in the air and let me sleep in it 100 feet in the air. But I don't have a place to do it, man. What do you think if I do it right here at the UFC headquarters? And Dana's like, yeah, sure. <laughs>
3: I remember so, seeing it. I was like, "What the hell is that?" And they were like, "Oh, Steve was up there sleeping." I'm like, "Oh my god!" you sleep where? Were
4: you? I slept. I slept in my car, like 110 feet in the air, suspended by a crane. I was up there for 14 hours, just hanging over the UFC headquarters. Like, in order to do this, like the tip. To, to get permits for that, insurance, like, I mean, we would be talking about weeks. But this happened because Dana said it was cool. <laughs> what? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, Dana was like, yeah, sure, man, that sounds cool. <laughs> Fucking greatest. It's the, it's the coolest thing in the whole wide world. And, uh, and, and immediately after, uh, I, I, I took a, a photo of the car hanging from the crane you can see umc in it and um I, I signed a bunch of them and sold them on my website gave a hundred percent of the proceeds to habitat for humanity las vegas to help people who actually don't have a fucking choice but to sleep in their car oh no kidding Oh, man. Yeah, it was great. And Dana yeah. helped me do it. Dana helped me do it. I did it at the UFC headquarters. When I got out of my car the next morning, uh, I I rolled right into the Apex and and watched uh, Alexa Grasso.
3: Yeah, I remember. I remember. I yeah, was it was like, great to see yeah, you there, man. Yeah. It was
4: really cool to see you there, and, and I was
3: it was crazy because like I I was walking. I'm like, what the hell is a crane doing here with a car suspended? And they were like, <laughs> oh yeah, Steve was up there sleeping. I'm like, what? I'm like, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs>
1: The picture yeah, <laughs>
4: yeah, and uh, I, I thought, Dean, I thought you were gonna say I was walking by and I thought, man, what's that fucking smell? Oh, it's Steve-O. He has oh. a shower. <laughs> That's a shower. I'll tell you, man. It, it got hot in that car.
1: Oh, I could imagine. Holy it got man. hot in that car, man. Did <laughs> you bring any? Uh, you, you, obviously you brought a thing to go pee. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, for sure, man. I got this. Uh, this this great like uh this is this great like urinal you can get online it's got a hose and everything and it goes got a big bottle like <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's for my comitis right, listen, <laughs> hey, Devo, before we let you go man first of all hey oh we always love having you on buddy always right has been on a bunch where i feel like i'm closer than, I'm, than i really am if i see him i'm giving him a big hug i hope it's not weird
4: but yeah i love it i, I, I love, love it man, it, man. I, I'm i'm a fan I'm a fan, you know, like that everything that I say about the UFC commentary where it's this great balance between you know being lighthearted and fun and uh, and and serious about fighting. I mean, dude, that's that that that's you to the max. You know, like just a goofy guy having fun but very serious <laughs> about fighting like uh, Matt Serra, dude. You you're what it's all about. Dean's Dean say, Thomas, Dean, man.
1: You want to say goofy how? I'm only fucking around. Go ahead, <laughs> You're about to give Dean Thomas a compliment. I don't want to stop. I did, dude. That Dean.
4: Up. Dean Thomas, man. It just it, it, like I said, man. Whenever, whenever they give you the mic, the way they used to do it with Trevor Whitman, it's a real treat.
1: You Thank know? you, man. It, Appreciate it. He is the it, man with two first names. Now, listen. To promote your book, give us one more time.
4: Yeah, it's called A Hard Kick in the Nuts. Uh, what I've learned from a lifetime of terrible decisions and. Um, It's just uncomfortably juicy, man. I I wrote the book with the co-writer. You know, we worked our asses off on it. We were so, like, just immersed in it, like, desensitized to it. Then I delivered the original manuscript to the publisher. And it was, like, months later that I went into the recording studio to record the audiobook. And months later, as I read that shit out loud into a microphone, I had a fucking panic attack. I'm like... Wait a second. why the fuck am I putting this shit out? <laughs> why am I admitting this shit? It's just too much. All this crazy stories about sex addiction and oh, like all, all, all of the, the the you know the infighting behind the curtains of the jackass world. like I just put shit out there that that, uh, that made me really uncomfortable. But now the book's been out for a couple months and uh, nothing terrible has happened.
1: <laughs> you're still here. You're, you're I'm honest, still here. Yeah. You're honest. You're doing well. Good luck on your bucket list tour. And Steve, yeah, oh, please dude, don't dude. come back again soon, man. I can't wait. If they want to find out where to pick up the book, where do they go? Is there a certain
4: Um I mean shit, dude? You can get it uh, on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. You know, the Barnes and Noble, I think, still has some signed copies, even.
1: And your bucket list store, if you have a, a website or something,
4: Steve, or your Instagram. But, but- Bucket List Tour is is winding down. I'm okay. I'm actually filming. I'm filming the comedy special for the Bucket List Tour in multiple venues. So, like like I said, after each bit, there's a video. When I come out of each video, I'm going to be coming out into a different city, a different theater. Oh, that's And cool. so yeah, it's going to be great, man. And um, that's being taped in um in Dothan, Alabama. Little Rock, Arkansas, and Albuquerque, New Mexico, all in the next like 10 days.
1: Oh shit, man, dude, you are busy. That theater looks awesome. Uh, I can't wait, to, I wonder, are you gonna, the special you're filming, is there anything like what you're showing on these bucket list tours? Yeah, I like the- it's in there,
4: dude, I didn't even tell you about, the, about the, the, the shit I did for this bucket list tour is so fucked up, man. I had an idea to go skydiving because like skydiving, grandma's doing, everybody does it. I'm like, how do I make skydiving like crazy? And (laughs) what I came up with years ago was like, go skydiving completely butt naked (laughs) with another man strapped to my back and actually fucking jack off to where I blow a load Simultaneously, as I fall out of the airplane, that is the most patently fucking absurd idea, and and it was the most challenging stunt on Did every you? level. Did you do <laughs> it? Yeah I, yeah, I pulled it off, bro. Wow. And and dude, like, I,
1: I can whack off mostly anywhere. Dean Thomas knows that.
3: I don't know. If I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I can. That's gonna be hard to watch,
4: dude. It's it's like it is with tremendous pride. And gratitude that that I I genuinely believe and I'm so proud of it that I <laughs> might be the only guy in the world who can make that video
1: Whoa. and
4: fucking show it to the whole goddamn world and feel really good about it. Steve
1: that's, <laughs> hey, well, that's something bring it that's something to show the grandkids. So listen, hey, hey. hey.
2: hey.
1: <laughs> Dude, thanks for coming on, brother. Hey. We'll see. I'm going to see you soon. Hopefully.
4: Yeah, man. Hey, I love it. I love you guys. Thank you for having me and uh, apologies for my, uh, my stupid 5g, man. What the 5g.
1: (laughs) No worries. We got got you on here. That's the most important thing, man. Hey, best of luck with the tour and best luck with the book.
4: Hey man, we'll see see you at the fights. Uh, Uh, man, I love it when they put my tweets on the
1: screen, dude. <laughs> okay, All right, man. Peace. You're not back off, can't jump can't. jumping out of an airplane. <laughs> All right, Steve O. Ladies, <laughs> <Later>, Steve <laughs> Hey, Dean Domus, how much fun is that? Yeah, that's a lot of fun. That's that guy's, that guy's fun. an animal. <laughs> this is a long episode, Dean Domus. Yeah, I know. We had a I good
3: We had a good time. Like if it's that long, you know what I'm saying. I'm sure they will edit it down
1: and put out the good stuff. Hey, leaving my story, take the Mighty. Okay, leaving that fucking story. Okay, listen, Dean. What do you want to promote besides UFC 282 this weekend, uh, December 10th?
3: UFC 282 um, next weekend. I'll be back out here. UFC fight night. That's it, man. Listen. Hit me up on Instagram, at Dean Thomas. Dean spelled D-I-N Thomas. And uh, check for the East Coast tour. I'm going to go out to Matt Sarahs school, and we're going to kick it again. Okay. Dean Thomas,
1: hey, thanks for making that trip. Even though Anik and and, and Jimmy would never do it, thank you. I don't All trust them. Right. Oh, Dean, uh, by the way, what about the show? I heard something about Dean Got Answers. What's that about? Oh, yeah, Dean's
3: Got Answers. That's the, That's the show where I come on. It's a a solo show that I do, solo project that I do that the UFC produces. And I just answer the questions that the fans have, that the people want to know. And I always bring a homie on. The last one did really well. I have Benil Daryush on, and we talked about the differences between Jiu-Jitsu and Sambo. So just uh, keep checking for that.
1: It's a a nice little podcast I do. Dean got answers, bro. Awesome, Listen to me. I'll be hitting you up probably later on. I annoy you. No, you don't. You <laughs> <We> try <tried laughs> to. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much for the support. We, we, you know, we appreciate it. All right, y'all. <laughs> Later, D Thomas. Peace. Bye, everyone. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection and cold-pressed to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up?